Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 25. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Hey, listen. Got a story for you. I read it first service. See if you like it. Listen at this. It's of a successful CEO who was leaving for a very important business trip overseas. And so he arranged for his brother to watch his cat. He was very fond of the cat and couldn't bear to leave it at the vet while he was gone. An hour before the meeting, he called his brother to check on his beloved pet. How is my cat? He asked his brother. His brother replied, it's dead. Angry at his brother, he yelled over the phone, how could you break that news to me like that? I'm going to one of the most important meetings of my career and I can't even concentrate. Well, he asked his brother, well, how how should I have told you? Well, the businessman replied, well, you could have broken the news to me gently. First, you could have said the cat's on the roof and we can't get it down. And then you could have said it fell off the roof and we are on standby at the vet. And the cat's condition is pretty grim. Well, finally, you could have said, the cat died peaceably in my arms. Well, the businessman took a breath and trying to control his anger, he asked, by the way, how's mom? She's on the roof and we can't get her down. (laughs) That has nothing to do with my sermon. I just thought I might kind of lighten lighten you up just a little bit. Actually, it really does. I mean, after we read our text, you'll kind of see where they kind of, it works. It works. Now, if you haven't been with us, got a pen, got a pad. If you haven't been with us, uh, we've been doing a series of studies in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. These chapters, as you know, are known as the Olivet Discourse. It's preached by Jesus, the, the preacher of all preachers, preaching it from the Mount of Olives. And it's known as the Olivet Discourse. And the Olivet Discourse is Jesus teaching and preaching on the signs of the end times. And then if you've been with us, you know that Jesus began to illustrate for us what are the signs of the end times. After he pointed them out, then he began to give illustration by way of, listen, parables. Remember, we talked about three parables so far. The parable of the thief the parable of the evil and the faithful servant. That's one parable. And then last week, if you weren't here, pick up the CD. I thought it was a pretty important teaching, the parable of the ten virgins. Now, remember I told you that a parable is what helped me out. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I have noticed over the last several weeks, y'all getting better and better with that definition. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all starting to listen? Say amen if you're starting to listen. All right. 
So we've been talking about these parables, and here we are again this morning. We're talking about another, yet another parable, the parable of the talent. Now, remember I told you that parables give a very simple message. That's kind of the point. Don't complicate it. Don't read into it. Parables give a very, very simple message. And last week's parable, the parable of the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids, The simple message, we talked about this, was watching and being prepared. Remember that? Well, this week, the parable of the talents, the simple message is not watching and being prepared, but the simple message of this parable is working and being faithful. Now, you know I love outlines. Got a pen? Got a pad? Here's an outline we're going to work from this morning. The parable of the talents in verses 14 through 15, we're going to talk about the responsibility of the servants. In verses 14 and 15. And then in verse 16 through, through 18, we'll talk about the reaction of the servants. Responsibility of the servants, the reaction of the servants, the reckoning of the servants. Point number three in verses 19 through 27. And then finally, we'll talk about the reward of the servant in verses 28 through 30. The responsibility, the reaction, the reckoning, and the reward of the servant. What we're going to do this morning, read quite a bit of text in verses 14 through 30. And then we're going to come back and have some comments and we'll deal with our outline. So, in Matthew chapter 25, picking up in verse 14, saints, if you're with me, say amen. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. See, there's my joke and my story, how it ties in. Look, I'm working here, people, okay? The kingdom of heaven is like what? A man traveling to a far country who called on his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave, how many talent saints? Five. And to another, how many? Two. And to another, how many? One. To each, underline this, according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground. He hid his Lord's money. After a long time, a Lord of the servant came and settled accounts with them. And so he who had received five talents came and he bought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents and I've gained five more besides them. He said, and then his Lord said to him, notice this, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. You see the italics in verse 25? There what is. The italics is there for clarity of read. So you can hear the tone if you remove the italicized words. 
and it says, look, you have yours. Interesting. Because tone is everything when you read the Bible. Tone is everything. But his Lord answered in verse 26 and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, in verse 28, take the talent from him. Give it to him who has 10 talents. For everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant, how sad is this, into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, Jesus is talking about hell. Stop right there and give me your attention. You'll find a very, very similar parable in Luke chapter 19. You can pick up in your own time about verse 11. You'll see a very similar parable. It's, it's the parable of the pounds. It is similar, but it's not the same. It's the parable of the pounds. Now, you'll find when you take the time to read that, that in the parable of the pounds, there are 10 servants and all 10 servants receive 10 pounds, all receive the same amount of pounds. In the parable of the talent, one we just read, one man is given 10 talents. We just read it. Another is given five and another is given one. So in this parable, all the servants were given a different talent. So the parable of the pounds speaks of equality of opportunity. Equality of opportunity, Luke chapter 19, pick up verse 11. Equality of opportunity. The parable of the talent speaks of not equality of opportunity, but, dis, but, but diversity of ministry. Diversity of ministry. Now, point number one in our outline this morning, the responsibility of the servants. Look at verse one again in your Bibles. Jesus likens the kingdom of heaven to a man about to travel into a far country. This man is obviously wealthy. This man obviously has a large estate and he's about to travel and to go away on business. So this is the days before planes, trains and automobiles. This is the days before faxes and emails and cell phones of which all of that stuff is supposed to make our lives more simple. Are you like me? That stuff made my life more complicated. It was supposed to save me time. But what it did was free up time so that I could fill that time with more stuff. Now my life is crazy. Stuff's supposed to make our lives simple and it confuses things and complicates our lives. So in Jesus' day, now this man is before the days of faxes and cell phones and emails and all of this stuff that allows us to do business from wherever we are. So when a man was about to travel, he would oftentimes set over his large estate servants. He would divvy up to them his resources and he would expect them to care for his resources. He would expect them to invest his resources. They were given full responsibility because he didn't know when he was coming back. And here's a clue. Neither did they. They didn't know when he was going to return, and neither did he. You want to notice in your Bibles that before he left, he delivered his goods. Did you see that? Notice he didn't give his goods. They were still his goods, 
but he delivered them or the servants were the stewards over them to manage the goods on behalf of the master. And so the master gave one guy five talents, gave another guy two talents, gave another guy one talent. Now, taking notes, a talent was a measure of money. A talent was a measure of money. It could be gold. It could be silver. We don't know. But think about it. If it were gold in that currency in that day, if it were gold, then the guy who got five talents would have had millions of dollars in terms of responsibility. And the guy who had one talent would have been would have been given a million bucks at least. I mean, oftentimes people read this and they think, oh, what about the guy, that poor guy, he got one talent? Well, yeah, he got one talent, but if it were gold, he got a million bucks. That, that's a lot of money. And so each servant was given stewardship over the measure of money that was assigned to him. Now, let me give you the imagery of the parable. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. You probably already figured this out, haven't you? The owner or the master would represent who? Jesus Christ. You got that. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going on a journey which refers to, get this, the time between the first and the second coming. Notice it says in your Bibles that he is going on a long journey. That speaks of the time between the first and the second coming. And then the servants, the servants would represent who? The church or professing, confessing believers. Professing believers could represent that, would represent that. So here is, are these servants and Jesus Christ has entrusted to the church, to believers, talents, opportunities, resources that are still his, but are given to us as stewards over the gifts that he's given to us. And we are expected as believers to make use of them, to use them for his glory. And notice this here, we're given the stewardship over God's resources, and Jesus has entrusted these gifts and talents. Did you note this? According to his ability. I need to say that again. Listen, Jesus has given and trusted us with opportunities, gifts and talent and resources that match our ability. We have gifts and talents. I say it three times. This is huge. We have gifts and talents and resources that match our ability. In other words, you could say it like this. God's calling is God's enabling. Amen, saints? God's calling is God's enabling. Listen, whatever God calls you to do, God enables you to do. Whatever God calls you to do, God enables you to do. You know, I know within myself that I don't have the ability to do what I do. According to the world standards, I shouldn't be the pastor of this church, according to the world standards. Some time ago, I used to sheepishly, when people said to me, they would say, we'd be you know, talking and, you know, 
standing around talking, they'd say, uh, oh, so what do you do for a living? And, and, and for a long time, you know, I just generally don't like to tell people what I do for a living. I don't like to tell people I'm a pastor. Why, you ask? Because when people find out that you're a pastor, they change. It's happened. I've been in circles like this. Folks are standing around, standing around with a couple guys, maybe even at the gym or whatever. I'm talking to a couple guys, and they don't know I'm a minister or whatever. You know, I don't wear my collar to the gym. Are you feeling me? And I don't, I don't wear my collar to the gym, so I'm standing in the gym talking, and you know, the guys talking around. They're like, blankety blank, blank this. Blankety blank, blank that. Yeah, man, we did this. Blankety blank, blank, bleep. Blankety blank, 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 bleep. You know. If they were on TV, you would not know what they're talking about because everything is bleeped. And blank in the blank, blank this, blank in the blank. We can talk about what you do for a living. And I said, whoa, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm in computers, blank in the blank, blank, blank. And, you know, and they say to me, they get around to me, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a minister. They're like, oh, my bad. Oh, man. Man, you should have told me, man. You should too. Oh, man, my bad. Or they might even cuss. They might go, oh, bleep. Man, oh, man. Mom, oh, man. You should have said something. You ain't say nothing. No, oh, I didn't think it was important. I don't like to tell people what I do for a living. Then what happens, listen to me, when I finally do tell them what I do for a living, I go, oh, I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. Oh, Really? Well, then they get all upright and righteous and holy. Really? Really? Well, what cemetery, I mean seminary, did you go to? They say. And I go, well, and I used to sheepishly say, you know, well, you know, I didn't go to a seminary. You know, uh, well, where, where did you get your education from, brother? I told you you changed. Well, I didn't. Where did you go to school? Well... I graduated 12th grade. Really? Well, um, how is it that you're uh, pastoring? They don't understand it. And I used to sheepishly almost say, you know, I almost at one point felt like I needed to apologize because I didn't go to school. I went 12th grade. Is my People ask me what school I went to. I tell them UHS. They go, UHS? I've never heard of UHS. I'll tell them it's the University of the Holy Spirit. That's where I went. Amen. That's where I went. Is that okay? Is it okay? I'm going to be here if it's not okay. Now, now listen. So I would tell them, well, you know, I really didn't go to school. Yeah, I was graduated 12th grade, and I went in the military, and, and I got married, and I didn't have time to go to seminary and Bible college. I didn't do all these things. You know, I, my pastor just gave me the key to his office one day and told me I could go in there and use all of his books. And every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, I'd go to Calvary Chapel in Marietta, and I'd go in there by myself, and I'd stay in his office for five or six hours just studying all of his books. And he had books books on Hebrew and he had books on Greek and I just read those books and he had good books and I listened to my pastor teach for many, many, many years and that's how I learned to teach the Bible and I just started a little Bible study and folks started showing up. <laughs> you what? Yeah, that's how it happened. You mean all those people come to your church and you don't have a degree? <laughs> no, I really don't. There's no letters after your name. No, and well, yeah, yeah, there is. I've got letters after my name. You do? Yeah, S.R., senior. <laughs> Does that help? 
because there's a Rodney Jr., so there's a Rodney Sr. You know? People don't understand. And I used to feel like I need to give apology for it. And then after a while, I began to grow, and I began to learn that the Bible teaches that it's God's calling. Listen, it's God's calling and it's God's anointing that gives a man the qualifications of ministry. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. All right, two people agree with that. That's good. Amen. Thank you. Because it's true. It really is true. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so I know people who have degrees after their name. They've got, you know, THD for the degree in theology. And I'm not casting this word. I don't think it's wrong to go to school. Please don't misunderstand me. I, I think that's good. But I don't think that you can depend on your degree in order to be anointed and called and appointed and sent by God. You cannot, you can't depend on your degree for that. Because I know people with a degree and they are not anointed. I'm sorry. This is a God thing, people. This is a God thing. It's all God. Let me tell you. Look, THD, DIV, AAA, whatever you have after your name, whatever it is, if God hasn't called you and God hasn't anointed you and God hasn't qualified you, then, then it's all to no avail. Who, who, what school did Peter go to and what school did Matthew and John and the disciples, what school did they go to? You know what they did? They spent time with Jesus and that's how they were called because they spent time with Jesus. So it doesn't really matter. And what I've learned over the years is my greatest ability is dependability. My greatest ability is availability. That's what I've learned. And Lord, if you can depend on me, if I'm going to be where you call me to be, whether I'm cleaning the toilets or preaching from the pulpit, if I'm going to be where I'm going to be and God, you can depend on me, then God's going to anoint me to do what he called me to do because God qualifies the called. God does that work. And I think people tell me, oh, I'm going to go to seminary so I can get prepared for ministry. Listen, go to seminary, but don't be expected to be prepared for ministry. Because seminary does not prepare you for ministry. Spending time at the feet of Jesus prepares you for ministry. Like John, who put his head on Jesus' breast and just loved him. And Jesus loved him back. And John even told us in the Gospel of John... He told the disciples that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. You know, John, something else. How you going to say something like that? He loves me, fellas, more than you. That's what he's saying. I'm the disciple that Jesus really loved. That's how you get called. And now I just walk in that truth that God can depend on me. I'm going to be here. And that God, that Lord, I'm available for whatever you want. So I guess the world is right. I know that I don't have the ability to do what God has called me to do. But I now know that it's by his grace that he has given me the ability to do what he's called me to do. And because he's given me that ability, he expects me to be faithful in the opportunities and the talents that he's given me. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two, it says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't say it's required in stewards that one be found smart. Because none of us would qualify. 
It's found to be, you know, it's required in the steward that man be found intellectual. No, it says that a man be found faithful. And if I'm faithful with the talent that he has given me, whether it's five, two or one, then I'm never to be covetous of someone else's talent. Amen, saints. You know, oftentimes we look at somebody else and we say, how come I don't have five talents? God, I think I'm a five talent person, but you only gave me one talent. Don't be covetous of someone else's talent. You know, I deserve more. Can I, let me help you. Don't ever, ever, ever start talking about what you deserve. Listen, I'm just trying to help y'all. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.